Okay, welcome to episode 26 of That's What I'm Saying, the podcast about hip-hop, entertainment, dating, relationships, sex, and social issues from a sometimes ratchet but mostly woke perspective. So subscribe to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast. We're on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, CastPod, TuneIn, your baby mama's apartment, your baby daddy's house, <laughs> your little man's daycare, cast pot. I said cast pot. Tune in. Okay. And family, we are now on Spotify. So I'm Sean. Damn. Oh, I'm not. What's up, y'all? <laughs> Come on. You, 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 can, you can stop with the cat calls. All right. What are we calling this episode? Um, I, I think I said, I said, let's call it the creamy crack is whack edition. <laughs> Do that, we can do that. Let me crack. Right. Yeah. That was good. All right, so getting into this ratchet minute, you know, it's like I don't even want to talk about it, but we got to. So, um, did you see the Saturday Night Live where Kanye West was basically holding all those people hostage and as he gave his pro Trump rant, um, the other night? You know, I didn't watch it. I, I, I saw a whole bunch of posts about it, but I did not watch it because I just don't want to give him any of my brain time. But I got you. I got you. So this is going to be real quick, but I, I have to, I got to, I got to go in. So I did see it. Um, I'm not really, I used to watch Saturday Night Live consistently, but you know, to me, it kind of fell off. I think with the whole thing with social media, but anyway, I watched the show I, because Wendy Williams was on it. She was, you know, was bigging it up. So First, he did that song, I Love It, which honestly, I didn't even know it was him with the SoundCloud, that SoundCloud rapper, Lil Pump. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where they were dressed up as the Perrier bottle and the Fiji water bottle. Why did he do that? I understand I why he did that. Girl, I don't know. So, and I actually think that song is about Kim, but that, that's another story. So, anyway, so in another set, he wore the MAGA hat. All right. Now, I, let's go back because I actually saw Kanye West on Saturday Night Live some years ago where he did Runaway. I don't know if you ever saw that or remember it, but he did one of one of my favorite Kanye West songs was Runaway. And he had the the ballerinas on stage. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but cut to now, he's dressed up as a, a, I think, was he Fiji or was he Perrier? I, I forgot. Anyway, so the show <laughs> ended and... So what he did was he turned around and he brought the whole cast back on stage and he said, you know, I got something to say. And he gave what was just a very political speech, basically taking everybody back to the sunken place. So his whole thing was that blacks started out, you know, we wanted we wanted to be Democrats and it's this whole plan. It's that whole matrix talk, but you don't really know what you're talking about. Um, he said it was a plan to take the fathers out of the home, put them on welfare. Um the whole that was the whole democratic plan and that we started out as republicans it was crazy so then he starts you know talking about how he got bullied you know before he came out people at snl was complaining you know bullying him for wearing to make america great again had he said they bullied me they bullied me i mean he sounded he sounded like such a punk um and then they cut to kim kim k's face her face is just blank like She's staring out into oblivion, like not even. <laughs> She's like, oh my god, what in the world? She ain't even there for it. So she wanted she. The, the funny thing about it, she we 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 know she got a type and she got a preference and she wanted a black man so bad and she got the craziest black man she could have ever fucking got it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So then did you then you know he starts sending out these uh, 
these Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram rams right before because he's off now. He didn't he didn't shut down his whole social media thing, but he starts talking about abolishing the Thirteenth Amendment, which, if we know some of our history, it is the amendment that basically outlawed slavery. So, for whatever reason, he's talking about bringing jobs back to. America, making America great again, even though this fool, all his little clothes is made in China, which I thought was real crazy. So mm -hmm. um, there was a lot of backlash against him on on social media, even Captain America, <laughs> Chris Evans, you know, started, he said something like there's nothing more maddening than debating someone who doesn't know history, doesn't read books and frames their myopia as virtue. Yep. So those, those were hard words when 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 uh, Captain America has to come and step in <laughs> and tell you that you don't know your history. So, you know, I, and then I, you know, because I'm a freak for pain sometimes, then I started watching some of his other videos. Kanye did like this whole, he went to TMZ, went to some different outlets and, you know, the brother, I mean, as we all know, he's, he's sick. I mean, this is the man that made the song with black skinhead. I mean, he's, and, and it's not, I don't even think this is sickness, you know, notwithstanding that he's off his meds and he, like he said, he's, he's clear or whatever, but he's just an asshole. I, I think that's what it is more so than, you know, he's bipolar and he's I think so too. But even be, be, way before, remember that, um, like his first video through the wire and, you know, I think that was a video where it showed a lot of background, um, scenes of, you know, taping of like them recording and just like hanging out and stuff. Yeah. I would look at him and I'll be like, this dude is like a fucking ass. I could just tell. <laughs> so he said it, he self-proclaimed, but he didn't took it to yeah. a whole level. Yeah. And that's what is coming out to me more so than, you know, the crazy mental health issues. I think he's just, he's just an asshole 2.0. Like this is, this is him just on some, I'm I'm a really live this this asshole life, and I think that's what it. He and he also reminds me. I know you you know you're in New York, and I we used to ride the trains all the time. You ever see them guys in New York? You know where sometimes they're able to carry a conversation, and you think for a minute that they're sane, and then they they just do something totally off the chain to let you know that they cray cray for real. Mm -hmm. He reminds me of one of those dudes. Like you out here in these streets, but everything ain't ain't right up there. So. Yeah. Anyway, meanwhile, so uh, Kim K is, you know, of course, doing what she does best, posting her TNA pics on IG. Mm -hmm. You know, perfect remedy when your man's is falling apart. Get on Instagram. <laughs> put on a bikini. You know what? The thing about Kim, like she, even though she's, I don't know, her, she's not my favorite person, but she does what she does best. She sticks to what she knows. And this is her lane. She gonna ride that fucking lane. <laughs> she gonna ride it. She gonna ride it. Did you hear that um that uh he gave her a million dollars and um also um like a percentage of his company, his DZ company, because she turned down a deal? I did hear that. She yeah. didn't post to do something and he gave a million dollars, which I look that that just gives you a little insight into what their relationship is like. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. he can he can basically buy her. Yeah, that's what it's. It, it, I mean, you kind of can look at it on two different two different ways. He can. I think she she's always for sale. I think <laughs> she's always damn for sale. damn homie. I see you as the man, homie. <laughs> But you know, I, you know, I, on the flip side, I wish somebody, you know, 
offer me a million dollars not to do some shit. <laughs> I know, right? Like, what, what, what can we do for a hundred dollars? What do you need me not to do? <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So that, I mean, I don't want to spend too much time on that anyway, but you know what? At, at the end of the day, it's like, I wish this brother well. I don't wish no ill will, but this is like, it's completely off the chain now. It's off the rockers. It's, it's... I always just wish he would just stop talking. From the time he even hit the scene, I just always wish he would stop talking. I, I, I was never really a, a Kanye fan until like recently. I was a, I was a fan maybe for like a good maybe ten minutes, and then when he um when he started caping for Kim a couple weeks ago, I was like, that's it. I'm good. Yeah, I was I was all the way done with him. I, that was years ago when I told you I saw I I've seen him in concert twice before. And one concert was really good, and then the other one, he was on his um, I'm mad at the world, and I'm gonna just lay here on the on the stage with a mask on and my belly out, and he was really overweight, and <laughs> I'm gonna just yell at everybody for 45 minutes. That's why I was like, oh, I'm done. Uh -huh. So I, you know, that, this is. Kanye, I just, I, I want you to, somebody said, wait, but somebody was like, MAGA, we wear their MAGA hats because it means make your music great again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. Because I'm sure the music is trash. And that's that's the bottom line. Like, notwithstanding all this craziness, the music to me has been trash. So anyway, moving on. Um, What's next? Um... um this me oh okay so i just man another brother out here wilding himself out so <laughs> did you hear that lamar odom got kidnapped was kidnapped over some gambling debts <laughs> i didn't hear that. that that has to be scary so okay true but we we're gonna it's it's ratchet and it's funny so it actually happened they said back in june so okay this is what happened so Lamar Odom basically spent two days with his captors while his girlfriend and her two-year-old daughter were terrorized at gunpoint. Okay, definitely not funny. Yeah. So what happened, they said that Lamar was dating this chick. She, you know, I mean, she looks like Catwoman to me, but that's a whole nother story. So she went to go visit her family in Portland, Oregon. They said that he has a, attachment issues. So he went out there, you know, while she was trying to spend family time. And the first thing he wanted to do was to gamble. So, you know, Lamar has a gambling problem, obviously. So his girl, Savannah, she sets up a loan because he didn't have any money. I didn't understand that. Wait a minute. She set up a loan for him to gamble? Yes. So within 20 minutes, she, so she set up this loan. He got $10,000 from who, who, these cats out there that obviously she knew. And they said within 20 minutes, that $10,000 was gone. He, he gambled it. He lost it all. So... Within a day, the bookies, they were harassing him. So they said they followed him to the Airbnb that it was staying with. And they threatened her and her daughter said they was going to kill her. Um, they kicked in the hotel door. They came in with the guns while they was all in bed. Then they took Lamar for ransom until he was able to come up with the money. So, But in the midst of this, this is where it gets ratchet and this shit is crazy, right? In the midst of all of this, right? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't want to leave him alone, right? So they went clubbing and they took him with <laughs> What? <laughs> so the pictures are all over her Instagram. Like she has pictures with these dudes and come to find out these are the dudes that supposedly kidnapped him out of the room. So then she... Okay. <laughs> this sounds like 
she set him up for ransom, really. You understand? And if you see this chick, I mean, to me, she looks like the, the cat woman, that woman that gets all these facial surgeries. That's what she looks like, a young cat woman in the making. And I guess that was her two-year-old daughter, because obviously it's not his daughter. So and then she starts, like, I guess she she published some text messages between her and Lamar, and he kind of turned the whole thing around on her. Typical of somebody um, who has some serious psychological issues, like, um, you know, you ruined my whole trip. What happened? Don't I, you know, I stopped it before it got physical, all this crazy stuff. So then, you know, he, you know, he's playing ball in China. Okay. I, actually, I didn't know that. So after this whole thing, I guess they let him go. She, you know, they came up with sound like not all the 10,000, but a part of it. And then he went on back to, to China and, um, yeah. So, you know, this is, this is all after, remember he overdosed at that Nevada uh, strip club or something back in, I was like 2015. And he had like um, multiple strokes during that time, like a lot of strokes. Yeah. So, I mean, he has, he has some serious issues. So uh, the question for me was like, yo, that's like crackhead status. If you need $10,000 to gamble and you don't have it. I mean, at one time they said this man was worth over $50 million. So I'm not, I'm not understanding. But- um, Outside of that, like, what business sense is, I mean, what common sense, what common sense is it for you to take a loan out to gamble? There's no way. That means you're addicted. That's, that's what that is. You, you have an addiction. Obviously he's got a, I'm telling you, know what? Y'all can do that. He has an addiction, but why is she feeding into it? Like, that's, I don't understand why she would even set the whole loan up. If you've seen this girl, maybe you would understand. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't make sense. If you, if you view this chick, maybe you know. <laughs> um, you know, I really feel like this is like a Kardashian curse. I swear, if they don't run through some men, some black men, and and ruin lives, you know, you know who dodged the bullet was what's the what's the dude that Kim was dating? The the football. Give his name. Oh, that has a wife that looks like her. Yeah, well, she kind of looks like, yeah, but he seemed to have dodged the bullet because he actually broke up with Kim. I think that's what it is. Like, however this curse works, you got to break up with them. <laughs> so they don't follow you around. Because if they break up with you, it's like they put a they put a curse on you. This man has never, you know, I, I'm just, look at, look at all, all down the line, mm-hmm. all of them. You know, you know, the bullet. Who's that, that basketball player um, that had James Harden? He was dating um, Chloe. Oh, yeah, Chloe. Yeah, Beard, Beard, who looks like a totally different individual human being when he does not have that beard. But yes, yeah. keep a beard always and forever. Please make it, make it. <laughs> because without it, Lord. promise yourself and promise us. Struggle face. <laughs> Just never took that beard off. He has a struggle face, and I don't like. <laughs> Wait, did you say he had a struggle face? <laughs> <laughs> Damn, a struggle face. <laughs> stop, stop. <laughs> we like. The Lord didn't shine all of his light on you. Uh-oh. He gave you, he gave you, he gave you the basketball talent. <laughs> you couldn't have both. <laughs> and you fine and play basketball. He's <laughs> like, nigga, get off the line. I already gave you one talent. 
All right. Moving. Are we moving on? Yeah, we're moving on. Okay, but Lamar, get better. Yeah, he has to get Do better tomorrow. Please. Yeah. Get together, dude. You would think that that whole situation with him having a stroke and ODM would scare him straight. Obviously, that's not his rock bottom. Wow. What is his rock bottom? (laughs) Don't want to see. Hope. That would be my rock bottom. I don't want to laugh because it's, it's sad. Yeah, you said it's, it sounds scary and it sounds sad, but I, I don't want to laugh. I, man, but when they went partying, when they took their prisoner partying. <laughs> bottle service. Your kid out with the bottle service. Woo. All right. So I, I think, are we in the woke minute? Yeah, we ain't a wolf, man. Let's put on my glasses and my slacks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Fix my fix my diction. Okay, all right. So, um, I wanted to talk about this recent study that shows that Black women specifically are exposed to dozens, I think, hundreds of hazardous chemicals through their hair products. So there was a recent study from Silent Spring Institute. It's a nonprofit. And the whole thing is they're dedicated to breaking the link between environmental chemicals and women's health. So they did this study, which measured the range of hormone disrupting chemicals in all these hair care products that are currently on the market. And, um, you know, one of the things that we all know is that black women suffer disproportionately from hormone related health problems. So this study looked at hot oil treatments, leave-in conditioners, hair relaxers, um, and what they found was there were a total of 45 endocrine disruptors um, were found in these products. Um, and they said that pretty much, I mean, you look at everything that they looked at, they found that there were between four and 30 target chemicals. Wow. There were actually chemicals that they found, which if we were in the European Union, they'd be outlawed. Um, even in some, um, some of these chemicals that they found are actually regulated in the state of California. They couldn't even, they can't even be sold there. Um, the reason being is because they're chemicals that cause cancer, birth defects, um, and really harm black women. So, you know, I remember, and, and, you know, growing up for us, you know, we experienced puberty at a much higher rate, um, than other, um, the other segments of women. Would you agree to that? Yeah. Like growing up, you see, you know, girls nine and 10 years old getting their period, yeah. um, you know, growing, you know, having breasts and and what they're, they're linking. I mean, there's a number of things that link your environment, the food and everything. But I, for one, believe, you know, growing up, the perm was a big thing for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> would you I mean, would you I mean, I think that was like, man, there was a time in my life where I would. You couldn't catch me without a perm. I started perming my own hair, you know, in college. I would actually perm other people's hair. Like I would charge $20 and I would do, I would do perms and rod sets. Mm-hmm. That was my thing. And I would charge like $10, $20 and hook it up, you know, not knowing and not understanding with the chemicals that we were using. Mm-hmm. So what do you, what do you think about this? Um, You know, along with the chemicals, I think a, a our issues with our health come from our food and also from, from these hair products. And really, I knew that relaxers had a lot of chemicals because, you know, if you leave a relaxer on for too long, if you don't base your scalp, you get a, a chemical burn on your hair. 
Oh yes, that's that's happened. I've had that happen. Well, happen to we, me. We have normalized that. Like that's not normal for you to to process your hair in a way that it damages your skin. You know, and we we normalize that whole process um, in in an effort to have a certain type of hair and and have certain hairstyles. And I don't, I don't know. Did, did you ever watch that Chris Rock um, documentary? Um, Good hair. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I did. And they um they did an experiment where they stuck a can, like a aluminum can, in a in a uh, in some perm, and it mm. the whole can. Can you imagine? Yeah. Whole can. And, and I think I, I had already stopped getting perms by that point, but just looking at that, it's like, it's crazy that we would put ourselves through that. You know? for, for a look, you know, and I, you know, I'm not, I think the more, you know, the more you can grow because I, you know, like I said, growing up, that was, that was a thing. You know, I used to go to my grandmother's and she used to, I remember hot comb or hot press my hair. And then we graduated up to get in relaxers. And one of the things the study pointed out was that all of these boxes of relaxers that say no lie have lie in them, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, is a big thing. They said it's, it's a, they have um, phthalates, which is a plasticizer and it's associated with obesity, heart problems and low fertility. Mm -hmm. So this is all from products that they were even saying were safe for kids. So um, I think, you know, like I said, when you, when you know better, you do better. Um, I stopped perming my hair when I got pregnant. So that was, you know, almost, almost 11 years ago. And I haven't had a perm since. And it was kind of, you know, in my mind, cause I had to wean myself off of it. It's like, it's crack, you know, it's like the creamy crack. I remember feeling like, okay, I'm just going to do this for this short amount of time. And I'm going to wear a protective style and I'm going to go back to my creamy crack. It, it was not a plan to go, you know, all these years. But what I noticed was, you know, when you embrace your, the when you embrace the, the, the color, the texture, I mean, you know, I do all kinds of stuff to my, to my hair, I, all kind of accoutrements, but, um, you know, just get into a space where you don't want all that stuff on your head. You know, I don't, I, I look for products now and there are, even though it's not, the market is not flooded, there's so many opportunities to, you know, use products that are plant-based, you know, phthalate and, and paraben free, you know, just better for your skin, better for your hair. So, um, you know, I've, I've, I'm glad to say that I've been natural for, you know, over 10 years. Yeah. Didn't think, didn't think, never thought I made it. <laughs> thought, never thought. You know, I think it's it's really been a movement um, among Black women over the past, I would say, maybe like 15 years, I think. Actually longer than that. So I think I, I tried to go natural a lot of times before I actually committed to it and stayed with it. But I, I know at least this has been a movement. Outside of like the 60s when women had afros, but for our generation, for at least 20 yeah. years. And I think it really gained traction within like the last maybe 15 years. But there's a lot of women out there that, you know, embrace their natural hair. And I, I like it. I love it. I love to see them with their natural hair um, because it's the hair that grows out of our head. But also, mm -hmm. you know, we... Um, tennis. The stuff that we put in our hair, like you said, is... I didn't know about the... Um, like the leave-in conditioners and the hot oil treatments. I didn't know like that those types of products had those chemicals in it. But of course, crack. I mean, not crack, but of course. <laughs> Might as well. Creamy crack. I know, you know, obviously that has like, you know, stuff that's detrimental to your health. Um, but like I said, we've been so 
programmed to to have a certain look and to fit into society that you know we just did it we at no cost you know at at all costs to yep. the effect it has on us yep so um yeah so the, like i said the the study encourages people again you know look for products that have you know fewer of these chemicals if it's you know going by the rule if it's something that you can't pronounce you probably don't want to put it on top of your head and in, in yeah. you know so very, um, very interesting. But, um, you know, I mean, we need to know this. All of these links with, you know, I, I, there are so many women that I know that have uterine fibroids. You know, that become, I think that becomes a thing in our community. And, you know, I'm curious now that with the study is there's a link there yeah. with with these hormone related issues. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I did read that. If, read you can, that. if you can let the perm go. But it's, you know, I, I, I understand women who still get them and I understand women who don't. Because I know it's 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 a whole mental thing. You have to get into a space to actually, you know, embrace, life. Yeah, embrace this new life and leave that one alone. But it's hard. You know, I, I, I can't even front. It is hard because I went back many times. <laughs> yeah. Many well, times. I'm natural under all my accoutrements. On <laughs> <laughs> all, all my add-ins. <laughs> Woo. All right. Okay. Moving on. What, um, moving right along. So I kind of want to talk just briefly about this whole Nike, um, situation with Colin, Colin Kaepernick. Um, you know, the whole world was all in, um, ablaze when he became a spokesperson for their latest campaign. Yes. Um, but, uh, maybe about a week after that, there were some reports that came out that actually Nike, um, they donated the most to the GOP um, and, and, you know, in governmental um, donations and, and things like that. Um, they donated well over um, like more than twice the amount they actually donated to Democrats, which is interesting because, you know, on the outside, it appears that they're, you know, they're supporting the whole um, Colin Kaepernick movement, but behind the scenes, they're really not, which mm. kind of leads me to, um, you know, we always talk about all these stories that come out and, and we find out that these CEOs and um, people that are on the boards, how they support some of these politicians that, you know, that are on the Republican, you know, that are Republicans, but we still buy their products. And what does that actually mean for us? What should we do, you know, when we find out that these, um, you know, these companies really behind the scenes are are putting efforts to to block, you know, progression, you know, for the country and for our people. Like what are we what are we supposed to do with that? that mm. Yeah, this one I saw this this kind of hit it hit me a little hard, but then I had to think, okay. So Nike gave to you know, I guess you want to call it the and this was the last election. So we're talking about are we talking about Trump? Are we talking about just overall? That that was my question. Mm -hmm. Um and then you know, compared to Nike being a multi-billion-dollar company, I look at the the contributions. It was like uh, four hundred twenty-four thousand to the GOP and one hundred twenty-two thousand to the Democrats. And they said more, the most, um, the, a large percentage of those um, donations was given by Phil Knight and his family, so the actual Nike owner. Mm -hmm. um, not that that makes a huge difference, but I think it it does some. I mean, I don't. I don't think they're out here stomping for Trump per se. Um, and I think the statement that they made with employing um, 
um, Colin and just, uh, you know, this, that whole Nike campaign, I think spoke volumes and speaks more than a donation to the GOP at this point, you know, that happened in the past, just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I just, um, I don't know. It, 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 it just seems as if, you know, because politics is so ingrained into our, um, our society, it's really hard to separate it from day-to-day stuff. You know what I mean? So how, how do you, how do you, um, how do you detach yourself from that? Cause we always say, well, we're going to boycott. We found out this company supports this candidate. So we're going to boycott. Just like we said, we're going to boycott, um, what's the pizza place? Um, not little season. Oh, um, the that the nasty pizza that tastes like cardboard with barbecue sauce. What's it called? Like Papa John's. Papa John's. <laughs> I kind of like it. <laughs> Tell the truth. I did. I used to eat in the college. <laughs> it was cheap. We were poor. <laughs> Cheating that KKK pizza. That <laughs> clan pizza. But do you know what, what, what? When you hear things like this, does that affect um, how your buying power? Like, do you change the things that you purchase when you find out that some of these companies are supporting candidates that you don't support? Um, I mean, I, I absolutely. As a matter of fact, today I had a conversation with my little guy, who you know, I was just I was so proud of him because he said, um, you know, he had he he sits for the what do they do in school? The Pledge of Allegiance. So he said, you know, he was he was asked to explain why he sits. And he said, um, you know, in support of Colin Kaepernick, because I told you we had this whole conversation about what Colin stood for, and what happened. And he said, you know, and I and I stand with him. And that's why I wear Nike sneakers, too, because they support him and they support his message. And I just thought that was you know, I mean, that's that's what I, I teach him now. He does have Adidas. <laughs> and I try, I had to go through this whole conversation with him that they're not Trump Adidas, you know? They're not, <laughs> I don't, at least I don't think so. But, you know, where do we put our buying power? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still behind Nike because I can see what, what they did and what they stand for. It, it, it might be a, a split message, but I don't, I think what's more powerful is what they've done so far in light of this, um, um, the Kaepernick campaign. So that's where I want, if I had to, when I'm buying sneakers, that's where I'm putting my money. When I'm buying athletic gear, that's money. You know, unless um, Jay-Z want to bring back them uh, Rocco, <laughs> Rocco wear sneakers. Don't do that, Jay-Z. <laughs> The people have spoken. Don't do that. <laughs> or Latrell Sprewell want to bring back the spinners. <laughs> Maybe I'll change my mind. But but um, yeah. And I and I think actually this. I mean this is why we need to understand. Um, you know where we where we are putting our money. Mm-hmm. You know our buying power and. Look, everybody knows it except us. Our buying power is so ridiculous. And I was like, and I was just about to say, that's where the real power is. You know, we can protest and we can march and we can, you know, uh, do all these other things. But the real thing is money is power. You know, when you control your dollar and you control where it goes and where it doesn't go, that's where your real power comes from. Because, you know, um, you never really hear Asians talk about who who they're going to support. In the elections, you know why? Because they have their own banks, <laughs> they have their own money. They understand their buying power, so they don't care who's in office. You know, their their exactly. community yep. is always going to be protected. 
Yep. You know, isn't that something? That's so funny that you say that because I actually, I have an account at a, it's it's like a Chinese bank. And when I say, like, they just got it all the way together. Like, it's all, it's like, it's like going to China. Like, I, the bank is, everything is in Chinese. They've got, they, it's just their own system. Mm-hmm. But it's in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, can I have an account here? I too would like an account here. Why did you choose that bank? Just one of just one of many because it's close. It's it's in my neighborhood, and everything that they have is online. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's like the the whole the the whole thing is completely online. You could do it. I mean, which which most banks are, right? Um, but I just I think just the convenience of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, having something that was kind of off the grid, but not. Um, but yeah, all right. So. So yeah, so just kind of wanted to touch base on that. With with them doing this campaign, their um their stock actually increased um an additional six billion in market value. Yep, Colin is the six billion dollar man. Wow, can't believe it. They knew it. Smart business move. Yeah, definitely smart. Yep. All right. All right, we're moving on. Moving on. I think we are at the weekend D reports. Ow. Yeah. All right, we need some theme music. All right, so this is my um it's my weekend D this weekend. <laughs> so um I got a question from one of our listeners. She said, first off, I want to say that I love you ladies podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. So she says, I'm a 24-year-old woman in a relationship with an awesome man with a good heart. He's funny, kind, sweet, and has a good head on his shoulder. However, when it comes to the bedroom, he is a beast. Sex is very rough. He gets to choking me and penetrating very hard. It can sometimes be painful. It's like another person in the bed, like he is possessed. I don't enjoy sex at all. I know he doesn't like vanilla sex, but I really want romance and intimacy and not this borderline sadomasochistic relationship. Help, what should I do? Ooh, girl. Oh, All right, girl. Brought back some memories. So, okay, so here, here is, I mean, just on the, just being straightforward, mm-hmm. you know, I think no sex is good sex unless you can have an open line of communication about what's going on. So my first question would be, well, you know, have you had a conversation with him? You know, um, educate him. Everybody has their likes and their wants. So be, be specific, you know, when he gets it right, reward him. Um, but I think the encouragement is you need to have a conversation. Y'all need to talk about this, you know, because if this is what y'all going to be doing, then not, not one of y'all, not some of y'all, both of y'all need to enjoy it. You know, it it should be a, a mutual thing. So, um, but then you know, there's another side to me. So I'm and I'm I'm curious to know what you have to say, Nye. But my my question is, why? And I'm asking her, why are you so invested into a relationship that leaves you so unfulfilled? If it's not, if it's not good, you know. And I hear he's a, you know, what does she say? He is a good heart. He's funny, kind, sweet, all this other stuff. But if that major area leaves you unfulfilled why are you invested sis that's my question um why are you putting yourself through pain mm-hmm. if he's ignoring your boundaries that that's problematic for me yeah 
and and um, you you, you mm-hmm. said a, um, a, an important thing. Like, did you tell him what you want? If you're telling him what you want and he's not respecting that and he's not honoring that, that is a huge issue. That's a huge yes. issue. And then also, if you're having sex and it's painful and it's not what you want, then I kind of want to say that's borderline rape. If you're telling him you don't want this and he's continually to do this, that could be considered rape. I, I don't think sure. To me, she painted a picture like, you know, he's... He's a he, he's a good person, but he becomes another person. Which you know, honestly, I when she was um, when I was reading this, like I actually can relate. I was I remember being in a relationship with someone who I I had a feeling that he might have went through something because it was then he was the nicest, sweetest person. But when it came down to the bedroom, it was like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. He became someone else who to me seemed angry. And was like taking out that anger on my body mm-hmm. and not to the point where, you know, it was, it was consensual, but just that it, I mean, it, to me, you know, people unconsciously choose relationships that repeat their earlier traumas mm-hmm. and, or if they're un, in un, unhappy situations, you know, and sometimes you get into a cycle with that and it can happen in the bedroom. And I just remember it always felt like, this man has some unresolved, I almost want to say anger issues or something that he was playing out in the bedroom. And, you know, we talked about it and, I, um, you know, and, and honestly, that's what it was. It was some issues that he really needed to work out. You know, not everybody is going to vibe with your, with your sex game. You know, I think everybody, we all got a, we got a sex game and some, you know, we change it up, but from time to time, but we know what we like, we know what we want. But there was a, a level of, you know, I, look, I'm a girl who liked the agony, okay? But at the same time, it's, got, it's, it's, it's the sweet agony, not the, not the trying to drill a hole through my back um, through, the, through the floor agony. It's, it's, it was a little different. So I'm just, you know, I would encourage this to really do some introspection. Like, why are you invested in this, in, in that? with this person if that's what y'all you know if the bedroom leaves you so um unfulfilled and, and it's, 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 it's that it's not unfulfilled but it's but also that, that it's painful for her you know yeah that's not cool and in, in my opinion like if you're if you're engaging in an act where you don't get any satisfaction out of it that's one thing but it, you're also in pain like I'm, I'm pretty sure you're not looking forward to having sex with him because it's not enjoyable for you, you know? And, and she says he has a good heart and he's nice. He's sweet. He's this, he's that. But is he really, if he's not respecting your wishes? Yeah. I, and that like, I don't want to throw sister under the bus. So, because we don't know if, you know, if she's had a conversation with him or not, I don't know, you know, or for him, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe they've never talked about it. Maybe she's never brought it up. And that's what I was kind of, feeling from this is she needed a way to you know because she says i want romance and intimacy well does he know that mm-hmm. you know she said this borderline sadomasochistic relationship some people like that then you got to figure out you obviously you're not the person that likes that right and so y'all y'all are speaking a different sex language to right. each other that's you not gonna work like you short to have bad sex <laughs> yep girl you need a t-shirt that says that okay <laughs> 
Because I'm going to always go back to saying that. <laughs> to not enjoy it. Wait, what did you say the last time? You said life is too short for bad dick. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> it, really is. it really truly is. Oh, and, and this is so true. She's 24 years old. Girl, you too young to be putting up with this. It's, it's, it's plenty of dudes out there that, that you'll enjoy being with. Right, and that can give you that romance and intimacy that you're you're saying that you want. I can give advice to any person, any woman that's in their twenties. Don't settle for anything in your twenties. This is a time where you're supposed to you're supposed to be, you know, exploring what's out there, find out what you like, what you don't like. This is your twenties. You don't have to put up with mm -hmm. nothing in your twenties. You don't like what he did? Okay, move on. You know. Uh, bad sex, move on. Um, you know, he's not ambitious, move on. He got too many kids, move on. <laughs> you so right though. You you're so right, you know, because sometimes we get into these these little places we'd be holding on, Ben, by with all them baby hairs, we just holding on. Like for what? Girl, and you look back and you're like, I wasted so much time on this this Negro. <laughs> <laughs> Cause, Cause, you like he gonna get it together, girl? No, yeah, no. <laughs> nigga, no. Um, All right, I, I, you know I tell you to move on. Yeah, I, I would tell her like I said, you gotta the, educate, have a conversation, question, you know, question yourself, figure out what, and if this is not, if it's not changing, then then girl, cut your losses. Yeah, exactly. Look fast in a hurry. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So where we at now? Right. I reminisce. I reminisce. I reminisce. I reminisce. So what's it's your reminisce now? My reminisce. And let me just tell you, I know I always start off my reminisce like this was my jam. I love this song so much. But this was my jam <laughs> when this came out. And I'm taking this down south. Like we haven't really represented in our, um, our reminisce segment for down south hip hop. So really? I wanted to do this because this was like an anthem for, for, for show the international players anthem yes I was just see saying that i chose a cutie pie with whom i want to be i apologize <laughs> if this message gets you down but i cc every girl that I, oh, I cc round town <laughs> man this this song had four heavy hitters um and they all came through on their um, their little 16 or however many bars they had. They all Every came last one. Yes, every last one. And this one, this made me fall in love with Pimp C. And I yes. kind of am upset that I wasn't really into like um, UGK back when they was like really popping. Because I I go back and listen to their stuff now and that shit is banging, right? Yes, it pops. I bet you choose it, lover, never fuck without a rubber, never in the sheets, like it on top of the cover. Be like, ew. Drive like a friend, uh, top three, get the boat, stop the press. Yes, sir. Wait, your ass like to fuck with $40 in the club. Fucking up the game, get your no love. She be cross country giving all that she got. Love it though. Ooh. 
Now, what y'all know about them Texas boys coming down? <laughs> this song came out like 10 years ago, over 10 years, in 2007. It's like 11 years ago. 11 years ago. Wow. This was a song by Willie Hutch uh, called I Choose You. That's I this, this, this song on guaranteed the club gets hyped off this song. I know I do. Do you remember when we went to live on Sunday mm-hmm. and they played this song? My bitch, I choose it. Love her. That was my show. When that comes on, what? Uh-huh. Okay, so I'm totally in agreement. Like, I, you know, I get all hype when we when we do this section part of the show. Mm-hmm. Then I end up playing the song like all night. <laughs> Let me tell you, this song I will put this song on repeat and will listen to this all day long, like continuously. It just plays. I listen to it like a hundred times in a day because I put it on. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna put this on. I, you know, have my little cue of you know songs I want to hear, and this comes on. And I'm like, oh, God, this is all I want to hear right now. Yeah, play it all day long. This shit not. Definitely a classic. Definitely a classic. Rest in peace. Let's see. All right. All right. So, are we are we on the support Black business section segment of the show? All right. So, this is a segment of the show where we highlight a Black business. We believe in growing our economy and strengthening our communities, and we desire to build awareness of products and services made FUBU for us by us. So. Um, today, I am highlighting Seven Sisters Wine and Winery. Um, this is a brand. It's located actually in South Africa's famed Stellenbosch, which is South Africa's Western Cape Province winemaking region. Mm, and What's that? I said I actually went there when I was in. Uh, did, did you go to the winery? Uh-huh, with the Stellenbosch. Mm-hmm. Ah, so Seven Sisters is an internationally recognized Black female-owned wine label boasting everything from Merlot to Rosé. So it was founded in 2007 by actual sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, so did you? So you actually went to their tasting room or to the vineyard? Oh, girl, you got to post some pictures on Instagram. That's beautiful. So um, I love I love Seven Sisters wine. You know, you could buy it in Walmart. And there's also there's this Ethiopian restaurant that I go to in Miami and they have a Seven Sisters honey wine. When I tell you it is I can I can goggle the (laughs) guzzle the bottle down. It's so good. So um, Seven Sisters wine. It's www.sevensisters.co.za. And but you can buy it in right in Walmart. Great wine. Cool. I'm gonna check that out because I um I I do you know I'm not a big wine drinker. I'll drink some. I'll have a glass of wine and put a shot in there. Yeah, I know you will. Take <laughs> me my chaser. I know you do. <laughs> oh, who does a chaser for the wine? You do. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, but um uh but it's it's really good. So yeah, definitely you can um like they're all over they're all all over Walmart. So seven sisters wine. All right. So we have come to the end. Is this the end? I wanna know. I watched the um Bobby Brown movie. The well, all right, let's talk about this real quick. Okay. So, <laughs> let me just tell you what I thought about it. <laughs> so I'm watching this and I'm like, Bobby, you ain't telling the truth. And some of this stuff, he tried, he, he really made he tried to make him himself seem like the absolute like he he showed like some of the the, the demons that he has, but 
a lot of these scenes, I'm like, Bobby, I, I, I know this is not how it happened. <laughs> the scene where, um, where when him and uh, Whitney are divorced, they met up, I guess, in California, and she came with Bobby Christina, and Bobby yeah. Christina smoking a cigarette. Took out, took out a cigarette, yeah. yeah. Like, what do you let her do? I'm like, Bobby, you know that Bobby Christina was five years old stealing your cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> That's not funny. <laughs> I know, but come on now. You, know, you put her in. Why are you Wait, smoking? Well, my favorite part though was, but when he when he OD'd and Whitney was was <laughs> was was high, and she came in and checked him, it was like, oh, this nigga sleep. Nigga, <laughs> 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 you better get up. <laughs> Wait, I had to rewind it. It was so funny. Recipes, to Whitney. But that scene, I can't think of that actress name, but she played the shit out of that. Her name <laughs> like, is Dennis. You better, you better wake up. What you done fell? What you, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I used to love to watch? And now thinking back, I'm like, this was like a fucking train record because the outcome of, you know, how their lives ended up. Mm-hmm. It's bad to think about it now, but being um, Bobby Brown. You know, best show, best must-see TV. I wish yeah, they would bring that back. Amazing. It was fucking amazing. That really made me love Whitney Houston. So I'm like, I, I had one vision of her and I saw this. I'm like, oh. Geez. What? When they was popping and locking? Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> like ball with Whitney Houston. She probably would turn me into a fucking crackhead, but we would have fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would end up smoking crack at the end of the day, but. So. <laughs> Yo. She was like a love, seemed like a love, I can't even yeah. say, like a lovable crackhead. Like she, they had, and they written to me, like I, you could see the love, like they really loved each other. But you know, when you love hard and then that shit don't work out, yeah, that's, that's exact, you know, they grand opening, grand closing. Yeah. But um, definitely that it was, I, I like the movie, uh, the two part miniseries. Yes, he overindulged, especially that whole thing with Janet, like, come on B, you bought a card and come on, whatever. But um. I thought it was good. Like I, 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 you know, I always love the whole reminiscing about New Edition, Bobby Brown. You know, let him tell the story. Then you know his the wife came in like a like a knight in shining armor and saved him. Blase. I am I am very confident in saying they been, was fucking the whole time he was married to Whitney. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. I, I I agree. I agree. All right, all right. We was trying to end the show. So. Um, you can subscribe to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast on the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Stitcher, CastPod. Tune in. And we are now on Spotify, y'all. So follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with That's What I Say 3. Visit That's What I'm Saying podcast.com to learn more. Send us questions and comments. And now, who do we always shout out? We are going to shout out our super producer, Vegas World Inc., who I actually ran into this weekend. It was Morgan State's homecoming, and we are both Morgan outs. Shout out to Morgan State University. But anyway, um, follow him on Instagram and Twitter at Vegas World Inc. Thank you so much for listening, subscribing, and liking us on social media. Until next week. Take care, y'all. Peace, peace.